Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Haley Wooden. I'm Tyler Orton. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. It's Thursday. We've been covering a couple of business stories over the course of the week. Tyler, what's caught your eye in terms of a a salient newsworthy story? Oh, I don't know if it's newsworthy, Haley, but I think we need to talk about (laughs) Michelle Obama and a lot of the fluster this visit that uh, she's having to Vancouver. It's creating across the... uh, the, the Twitter, There's the social media. There's a lot media. of fluster. Yeah. So uh, long story short, uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama, she's coming to Vancouver. She's going to be speaking at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. This is an event that has been uh, put together by the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. And tickets were sold out in a pre-sale that was exclusive to GVBOT members. And people are outraged that uh, tickets were not put Uh, or made available to the general public here. Mm. Haley, do you think they have reason to be outraged? I I can understand why people maybe wanted access to those tickets, which, by the way, probably going to come at a pretty penny. Oh, oh the, the high-end <laughs> tickets are going for $660. That's, yeah. The people uh, are, are putting uh, a lot of money into this. There you go. I never want to say whether someone has a right to be outraged or not, well, but I, I can understand that if it's a board of trade event that they're going to offer tickets to their members first. That's their mandate. Well, exactly. And so uh, I don't think a lot of people even understand it. I, I think they just see Michelle Obama's coming to Vancouver and they can't get tickets and they're misdirecting their rage. I, and let's just uh, full disclosure. I mean, uh, you know, Vancouver or Greater Vancouver Board of Trade, Business of Vancouver, a lot of, um, you know, connections and interests there, mm-hmm. of course, you know, but uh, just to be very clear, if you want Michelle Obama to come to your city, I mean, I think you need to be part of an organization, an organization that's putting thousands of dollars towards her speaking fee. You have to manage the venue, et cetera, et cetera, put it all out there. Then I'm sure you can get Michelle Obama there. So the fact that the GVOBOT is is doing this, they're doing it for their members, though. And yeah. I, it's not necessarily aimed at the general public. I think, sure, maybe it would have been nice if they... I don't know, put an extra 100 tickets out there for the general public. But honestly, let's be honest, like those would have been scooped up by some scalper, would have been put on uh, the market. It's not like um, some guy down the street who would have gotten them, probably somebody who could have paid the exorbitant prices that scalpers are charging. That's the thing too. I wonder if people on Twitter, they're upset they didn't have access to the tickets, but even if they had had access, they would have been very expensive. So a lot of these people may not have been able to yeah. afford them or wouldn't have paid that much. And you can guarantee the border trade is paying a lot of money to bring someone like Michelle Obama here to speak to their audience. To me, I, I just think it's a bit of a silly sort of thing to be outraged about. I understand you know, people obviously want to do this. But uh, Haley, what's catching your eye right now? Well, let's move from outrage to concern. A lot of concerns this week that the chances are getting higher that the U.S. is going to pull the plug on NAFTA. And to that end, we've had a bit of a trade spat can Canada firing a shot at the U.S. by logging a trade complaint with the World Trade Organization over what it's saying is a systemic misuse of trade rules that the U.S. has unfairly applied countervailing duties, has done so unfairly and retroactively uh, over decades, essentially. Many examples cited by Canada, not just relating to Canadian products, but to uh, exports from Europe, from Asia, from South America. The U.S. not necessarily as a response, but on the same day has slapped additional tariffs on another Canadian export, and that is newsprint. And Canada is the world's largest exporter of newsprint. So it's hitting a couple of companies, including Catalyst Paper, which is based here in BC. So uh, I don't know if you can interpret it yet, as this means that 
the U.S. is going to pull the plug on NAFTA, but you can tell that there's a lot of tension between trade uh, and diplomatic well, relations when it comes to Canada and the U.S. Yeah, I, I just also think that this is the U.S. trying to get a lot more leverage at the table here. There hasn't really been much progress made, and I think uh, all the parties involved are getting sick of it. Look, Canada, if it had its druthers, I'm sure just go for the status quo. Uh, same with Mexico. The United States under mandate not to do that, and they really haven't you know, gotten anywhere at this point. So why not... I don't know, chamber their weapons with whatever means that they have and, and pull these kinds of things. I, you know, everybody pretty much agrees that this would not be in the economic interest of the United States to pull out of NAFTA. So I don't know if that's actually going to come to be. The, the other thing to keep in mind, and there's a lot of debate whether, you know, the U.S. president actually has the full authority to just unilaterally pull out or if it's going to have to be flipped to Congress and whether any sort of deal in Congress could be, you know, brought together to mm -hmm. you know pull out of nafta i i think the main story here though is if you especially look at like the markets it's just creating so much uncertainty and i think that's a big big issue for a lot of businesses absolutely and uncertainty too about how to plan for it we've had a number of experts on our radio show over the past couple of weeks all different ideas about how to plan but a lot of them saying you know you should have some sort of contingency plan in place first by finding out what would happen? What sort of tariffs might you have to pay under a new system? But it's complicated. It's a messy situation. And even if the plug were to be pulled, there's some debate too on what exactly happens. And it's certainly by no means going to be an immediate plug pulled. I think they have to give six months notice. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the expert that I was speaking to on the radio show back in December, or maybe late November. But I was Asking, you know, why is it that the United States seems to be targeting Canada more so than any other country with regards to, say, these trade disputes? Um, this individual says, oh, it only seems that way just because I'm Canadian and I I'm paying so much attention to it. I don't know. Like, I'm not convinced that that's the answer. Like, I think this administration is targeting Canada, specifically if you think about, like, say, the dairy issue, softwood lumber, as well as these new newspaper duties uh, or uh, newsprint duties. I, I, it just seems as if um, a lot more, you know, um, triggers are, are, are loading up towards uh, Canada at this point. It does. Yeah. And I know the U.S. has made it clear they're attacking any trade deficit they have, whether it's at, directed at countries within NAFTA or other countries, for example, China. But it certainly has seemed like it started out with uh, holding Mexico's feet to the fire with things like the border wall outside of NAFTA, of course, uh, automobile sector. But it does feel like the tables have turned and Canada has certainly uh, caught a lot of U.S. attention yeah, over the last little but while. Th this whole argument about you know trade deficits, I, I, I know I'm just saying what a lot of other people already know out there. But I mean, look, if you look at China or Canada, if you wipe out that so-called trade deficit or, or what have you, it also has a big impact on consumer prices. Of course, uh, yeah. Newsprint, if we have this barrier between the United States and Canada, uh, Americans are going to pay more for their newsprint. That's not great for the industry south of the border. Uh, same with, say, homes. If, Lumber, uh, yeah. You know, in, with uh, the Chinese example that you gave there, a lot of those consumer products manufactured in China, if they are imposing tariffs, then a lot more people are going to be paying a lot more money for those products. So it's kind of, I I don't think there's any perfect answer here, but there is a, there is a cause and effect that, that does happen with these sorts of things. And I don't know if the effect is going to be exactly what the U.S. administration hopes for.
No, we'll wait and see. Round six coming up at the end of the month. I'm sure we'll be covering that on our radio yes. show and the podcast too. We'll come back right after this short break with some more business news. This podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax, and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and the Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, and if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600. That's 604-714-3600. Or you can check them out online at manningelliott.ca. What other business stories are catching your eyes today? Well, why don't we talk a little bit about CEOs or business leaders here in British Columbia. Some news here at Coast Capital CEO Dan Coulter. He's actually leaving the West Coast altogether. He's going to Regina's Concentra Bank. So we've got a bit of a shift here. I just want to point this out very quickly. Uh, this guy's going to make a killing on real estate. Let's be mm. honest. If, if you sell off your Metro <laughs> Vancouver home and move to Regina, I can yeah. only imagine the dollar bills. Buy a couple be, homes. Uh, my, I mean, my suggestion to him would, I don't know, just um, keep his home here, maybe rent in Regina. Mm. I don't know. Because if he ever does want to move out of the market there, I, I mean, and buy into, I don't know, say Toronto or Vancouver True. five, 10 years from now it's going to be costing him a pretty penny. But uh, the the other reason why I do bring up, say, some uh, shifting uh, CEO action or, I guess, business leader action is uh, MDA, uh, BC's largest aeronautics company, aer- aerospace company, they're probably best known for creating that Canada arm that the space shuttles and now the International Space Station uses. Uh, they finally have a new group leader for their BC division. MDA is actually now owned by Maxar Technologies. That's a new parent company of MDA. And so Mike Greenlee, he was just announced as the uh, the group president of MDA. He's going to be overseeing things ever since MDA's previous CEO. He actually took over as CEO of Maxar, the parent company of MDA. Now, it's just this weird web of kind of reverse takeovers to a certain degree of making MDA more of an American company, but it was without leadership for the last few months after uh, MDA acquired a Colorado-based aerospace firm and then went on the path of becoming a U.S. company. So it's just very, we talked about uncertainty in the last segment with regards to, say, trade negotiations. This was creating a little bit of uncertainty in the aerospace uh, sector for BC, but I, I am curious how this is going to uh, play out as we have four different divisions under the Maxar Technologies umbrella, including MDA, which is going to be a, a sizable chunk of that business there. Yeah, I think one of the questions too, and you sort of pointed out, it's had this move toward being more of an American company, still obviously has a presence here in BC, but longer term, I wonder oh, what it might mean for the BC-based division well, here. you know, uh, so the other thing worth, worth noting here is that Greenlee, he's not actually going to be based in Vancouver. He's going to be based in Ontario. The MDA has offices there. But MDA, look, I, I think they've reached a ceiling when it comes to business in Canada, which is why about 10 years ago, they were trying to sell off their space division to an American company. Uh, the Canadian government at the time, the federal government said, no, can't mm. do that. So they're like, okay, why don't we just buy an American company and then reincorporate as an American company as well? Because they want to get into those very, very lucrative government contracts, which they'll need security clearances for 
as well, which is kind of the critical factor here. And if you're, you're just kind of a Canadian company, Canadian CEO, it's not going to be that viable of an option getting into those very lucrative U.S. government contracts. Yeah, we see that the other way around. Not as lucrative for the Canadian contracts, but for uh, Chinese companies or U.S. companies wanting to bid, uh, they face yeah. a lot of challenges and yeah. often do get blocked because of the, the national security factor. I want to follow up on a story that we talked about on our, our last news-based podcast, which is that $25 Loblaws gift card. Oh, delightful, Haley. I, oh, yeah. I, this story. The Good. big bucks. <laughs> well, we uh, this is a, a positive step, I guess, for consumers out there. And I certainly think it's a smart marketing move. Save on Foods has announced that, you know what, we had nothing to do with the bread uh, price of bread fixing scheme, but we're going to offer customers $25 just because we know they may have been impacted by this. So yeah, I was confused about this. I actually have a buddy who works at Save On Foods okay. and I was asking, how does this work? Like I've got my Save On card. Do they just, do I just scan my card and they just give it to me there or or what happens? His answer was, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I really don't know if uh, Savon has relayed this information to the rest of their employees. There's some confusion. Do you have any insights on how, you know, my, my shopping habits will be impacted exactly? I don't. I think what may have happened here is they, someone saw an opportunity and they jumped on it while the, the news came out about this, uh, this $25 Loblaws was off offering and the some of the backlash they caught it will be offered somehow through more rewards but there haven't been details it's sort of like a more to come at this point so you can sign up save uh, on more to down. come I, I guess. save on more to come yeah i hope they don't give it to me in points because i like to save those points well, and i prefer 25 bucks just to spend yeah that, that's what i was wondering as well because that's why i had the questions about just scanning my card and it's like does this just mean 25 dollars or the equivalent worth of points so, I don't know. Let, let, let's dig in a little deeper. Maybe we can follow up yet again on this whole $25 gift card extravaganza that's going on among Canadian grocers, where the real story, the real story is the, the price fixing. I know. 14 years worth of price fixing. And, you know, uh, they're saying like, uh, trying to say sorry with, with these $25 gift cards. When, I mean, we discussed it earlier this week, though, when um, McLean's kind of broke down the numbers and they estimate that maybe the real cost is closer to $200. So class action lawsuits, uh, two of them have been launched at this point. So yeah, we'll follow that. It's still, it still bugs me that you're going to have that 25 bucks deducted from your, uh, your yeah. class action. Doesn't really seem like they're that sorry when, when you have that listed as a stipulation for sending it. Yeah. But anyway, this is one we'll continue to follow. Who knows? Maybe other people will pile on with more $25 gift cards. You can buy some bread. That's it for our BIV podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Tyler, if people want to connect with you or find more news, where can they go? Yeah, go find me on Twitter. I'm at Reporton. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. And of course, you can find my stories. You can find your stories too, Haley, at EIV.com. What about you if we want to find you on social media? On social media, I'm on Twitter. My handle is at Haley Wooden. Feel free to connect. And of course, you can find our podcasts on iTunes as well if you want to subscribe to that and, and rate some of our shows. We always love it if you give us a nice rating. That's it for this week. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week.